Welcome to the Mercy Hill Church Podcast. This podcast is a collection of sermons and conversations intended to stir up your affections for Jesus. We hope this content helps you know and tell the story of Jesus better. So in the story of Cornelius uh, is in Acts chapter 10. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 10. We're going to look at a few verses right at the end of that chapter, verses 34 through 43. Because I think what's important for us to know this morning is not just this story, uh, but I love what Peter shares with the crowd at Cornelius's house. And so I don't want you to miss these three big things that he says that shows why Jesus is for everyone. All right. So that's what we're going to look at this text together. I'm going to read it. Uh, and then we're going to ask God, pray for God to make the truth known to us. Uh, and then we're going to see these big three things today in the text. All right. Let's read it together. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. Verse 37, you yourselves know what happened in all Judea. Beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we, Peter says, are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And they, he's talking about religious leaders, they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 42, and he, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he, that's Jesus, is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. And to him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So quickly today, Three big things from this text that support this big idea that we learned at the end of VBS that Jesus is for everyone. Here's the first one. God's heart is for all people in all places. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. God's heart is for all people in all places. Did you hear that in verse 34? So Peter shows up at Cornelius' house, a bunch of people who had never had a Jewish preacher show up and explain who Jesus was to them. And here's how he leads off. He says, I understand that God shows no partiality. In other words, he's like, hey, previously in my life, I was under the impression that the Jewish people were so special that this message of Jesus didn't even need to go to the Gentiles, that he wasn't even for you. But here's what I know now after what's happened over the past couple of days, that God has a plan for all people in all places, that God's heart is for all people in all places. And then this message of Jesus needs to get out to all people in all places. God is not playing favorites. He's not in the favoritism business. We, on the other hand, are constantly trying to figure out who is in and who is out, who is cool and who's not, which political party gets power, which political party is on the outs, who is the favorite that we need to uh, dote, give special treatment to, Peter's like, hey, here's what I figured out. God, God's not like that. God's not playing favorites. 
In fact, what God is doing through his son Jesus is creating a family that's going to be from all the families of the earth. Every tribe, tongue, and nation, all people are going to be included in this family of God. That's what he says, verse 35, in every every nation, anyone. So in every nation of all the nations, that word nation means people, groups, so not geopolitical nations the way that we think about it, but groups of people who share a common language and culture. So if all the people who share a common language and culture, anyone is invited in. It's like, that's God's heart. And so you don't have to be Jewish to be a member of God's family. You don't have to be from any sort of ethnic background. You could be a Roman centurion from Italy like Cornelius. You could be an American. You could be a Kenyan. You could be Indonesian. You could be Tajik. You could be Afri- uh, Af- an Afghan. You could be Brazilian. You could be Mexican. The list goes on and on and on. You get the picture. That again, we talked about this several months ago, but God is building for himself a global family from among all different peoples. Peter's like, that's what I figured out this week. God's got a plan for all people in all places. Kids, if you're coloring, take a break. Look up here at me. Can you look up here at me? Kids, this is very important for you. I want to say this again. This means that God loves kids, not just adults. And that's good news for you today. Not only that, but that means God loves other kids that aren't here today. That God loves the kids in your class. God loves the smelly kid. God loves the kid from a different country. God loves the kid that's English isn't that great yet. God loves the kid that other kids make fun of. God loves the kid that is great at kickball and always wins the lap around the field. I struggled loving that kid in the third grade, but God loves the every kid that you've ever come in contact with. Now, kids, does that mean something for the way that you go to school? Yeah, right? That means something for you. It also means for all of us that even though Jesus lived and died a long, long time ago, He lived and died and rose again because God loves you. Right here, right now. And that means that God loves you even when you feel like you don't belong or fit in or you might feel different. Because God has a plan. God has a heart for all people in all places. That's number one. That makes sense? Number two. The story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is to be shared with others. Do you notice what Peter does when he preaches the gospel? He doesn't get to implications first. He rehashes the story. Verse 35, it's like, you remember Jesus showed up and he had a message. What was his message? There's good news. You can be at peace with God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus' first sermon, he quotes from the book of Isaiah. And he's like, hey, I'm here to proclaim good news. The blind are going to be restored. Their sight is good news for the poor. The captives are going to be liberated. And that Jesus' message, Peter is saying, is our message too. But this message hinges around a historical event, something that actually happened. And then he goes into the history. He's like, you know what happened? He doesn't say, you know the myth of Jesus? 
He doesn't say, you know, the cute stories that we made up. He says, you know what happened. Something happened. And here's what happened. John baptized this guy named Jesus. A bunch of people saw it. Holy Spirit descended on him. His life was marked by good deeds and healings. Obvious that God was with him. And then at some point, after three years of this public ministry, some religious leaders got so fed up with him, they partnered with the Romans to crucify him, and he actually died. And then Peter says, but that's not the end of the story. He rose again, and me and a bunch of my friends saw him. And Jesus that rose from the dead told us that our job now is to come and tell this story to you. And so this story of Jesus' life, death, and the resurrection, Peter's saying, Jesus told us we're supposed to tell you about it. This unbelievable story about who Jesus is and what he's done. Why? Why would Peter say that this story, Jesus' life, Jesus' death, and Jesus' resurrection is such an important story to share? Because this is the third one. Because the good news of Jesus addresses the deepest needs of our hearts. The implication of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is for each one of us. It is a story that we all have to hear and wrestle with. This is verse 43. He says, To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is what Peter is saying. Don't miss it. The greatest need of everybody, Jew or Gentile, rich or poor, kid or adult, the greatest need is exactly the same. Our greatest need is that we have sin in the middle of our hearts and that sin separates us from God. And the reason that's a problem is because we were designed as people to function in a relationship with God. And so at a fundamental level, there is a design flaw. And that design flaw keeps us off track in our lives, separates us from God for eternity. And Peter's like, here's the message. Here's why the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is so important. Here's why you need to know it. Here's why you need to think about it, pray about it, wrestle with it, ponder it. Is because this message actually is for everyone who believes. And when you believe, you're forgiven of your sins. And that's the heart problem for you. So let's put this all together. You see what just happened? Peter just said, God has a heart for all people in all places. So he sent his son Jesus to do something about it. Jesus lived a perfect life that we were intended to live. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. And his life, death, and resurrection has implications, not just for Jewish people or not just for his disciples, but for everyone on the face of the planet, including you. And that it can address the deepest need of your life. Forgiveness of sins so that you can be put back into a right relationship with God. Here's the connection Peter explains later in his epistle or his letter that he's writing to a group of churches. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, he says this, He himself, that's Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you are healed. Here's the connection. Peter draws it all together later. Because when Jesus lived, he lived a perfect life establishing the fact that he was a worthy sacrifice. 
And when Peter died, I mean, when Jesus died, Jesus took on himself all the sins of the entire world, bore the full penalty for us. What does he say? In our place. That what? For what purpose? That we might die to sin. We might be forgiven of our sins and freed from the power of sin and live to righteousness in a right relationship with God. And that is the best news on the face of the planet. And that news is for everyone, right? Jesus is for everyone. Then that good news of who Jesus is and what he did is for everyone. So that means this morning, that news is for you. Young, old, rich, poor, black, white, doesn't matter. It's for you. God has a heart for you because he has a heart for all people in all places. And God sent his son Jesus to redeem you through his life, death, and resurrection. And the way that he did that is the good news that Jesus took your sin in your place and offers to you in uh, his life, his righteousness, so you can be restored into a relationship with God. And that is the message of the Bible. And that is the message that has been proclaimed from the first century, Peter, until now. It's for you. Which also means it's for others. Which means for those of us as believers in Jesus, that has serious implications. Serious implications. It means that we, following the example of Jesus, following the example of Peter, and understanding the heart of God, cannot be a people who show partiality. We don't play favorites whether that is around someone's ethnic background, their socioeconomic status, their abilities, their intellect, their skill set, or what they've done in their past. We don't play favorites. We can't. Because God does. And if God has a heart for all people in all places, then so should we. Which means that we see our community in a particular way, and we see our world in a particular way. And that changes things radically, right? And that means something else. How, how do you think the message of Jesus that so many of us have embraced got to you? How did it get Marietta, Georgia, 2023? United States of America. I, I don't know if you know this, New Testament didn't happen in the United States. Because Peter and his buddies took Jesus seriously when he said, I want you to preach and to testify. Right? And they did that. And Cornelius, we find out later in the passage, and his entire family is saved. 
And there's a bunch of people like Cornelius, whom the disciples shared the gospel with, who became also then disciples of Jesus, who also took that seriously. And then those people that they shared the gospel with who came to faith in Christ and became disciples, they took it seriously. And then they shared the gospel with people who also took it seriously on and on and on and on for 2,000 years. And so the call for Jesus' disciples has not changed. Not only should we be welcoming people in from any sort of background, but we should be sharing the gospel but the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and how it makes all the difference in the world. So today, here's what I'm going to invite you to respond. First, if you don't know Christ today, then we just want you to know that God is in the business of forgiving people like you. God is in the business of adopting people like you into his family. And God is in the business of gifting to people like you eternal life. No partiality. It's not the way he runs his business. And all of that centers around one, one thing. You embracing or placing your faith in or trusting Jesus. So today we just want to invite you. Is today the day, young or old, you trust Jesus to save you? And then for those of us who are believers, the challenge would be this. Are you showing partiality? Is there a place in your heart for God to do a work, for you to see that if the good news is for everyone, then that should change the way that we see the people around us? Then the last question would be, are we people who share the gospel? I mean, if, if you're in one of our missional communities, which is the way we do small groups here, it's centered around gospel community and mission. If you're in one of those missional communities over the past year, you probably, you should have developed a list of people you're praying for. And I would just encourage you, continue to pray for those people. Continue to look for ways to share the gospel. If you're not in a missional community, it's real simple. You can do this right now. Just Take out your phone, get on whatever notes app you use, start making a list of people you know in your life that need to know Jesus. Start praying for them. And then be willing to share this message of Jesus. I 100% guarantee you this was one of the more uncomfortable days of Peter's life. Right? I'm going where with who? Oh, a really important military general? who works for the country that's occupying my country right now? That's probably a little awkward, right? But still boldly share the gospel. It might be uncomfortable for all of us. And but the way the gospel got to us is because somebody shared. And the way the gospel is gonna to get to our friends and neighbors and coworkers and other people in our community is because we share. Does that make sense today? Thanks for listening to the Mercy Hill Church Podcast. To keep up with the life of Mercy Hill Church, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We believe the Christian life is best experienced in community. If you're in our area, we'd love for you to join us. If not, we'd love to help you get plugged into a local church near you. Have a great week.